welcome to Searching for Mana, the podcast that investigates the mana. That's the superpower in some of the most influential leaders who are building the future in tech innovation and finance. I'm Lloyd Wahead, a London-born entrepreneur and headhunter with over 15 years experience on a mission to discover what drives our guests to succeed. How have they got to the top? What attributes have excelled in their career? Listen to find out. Welcome to Searching for Mana. Andrea Horoshak. You can say Andy. Andy is fine, really. Andy Horoshak is perfect. Thank you, Andy. Welcome on to Searching for Mana. Um, for a fuller introduction, uh, Andy is the founder and CTO of Billion, a Polish fintech business that offers DLT solutions to help companies streamline their back office operations. Um, some notable news, Billion is also piloting a, digit, a digitalized national currency with Reifschen Bank, a German bank, which serves more than 16 million customers. Uh, the mission of the business, Andy, is to unleash the transformational capabilities of blockchain technology in the regulated world. What does that entail? Well, first of all, glad to, uh, to talk to you about that topic. Uh, it's been uh, my passion for a number of years and our team of, of uh, close to 100 people share this, this vision um, because most people are familiar with two types of uh, technologies. A central kind of technologies uh, familiar to you, banking technologies, Visa, MasterCard, this kinds of stuff. Or they are familiar with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency world. This is what most people nowadays perceive that the choices are. And actually, we think there is a third way, uh, the way that we are trying to pioneer. And we've come a long way. I'll tell you about this one a bit more in the, later on the podcast. But we think that um, Bitcoin represents, to give you a metaphor, a Bolshevik type revolution. So, so a revolution which promises that everybody would be equal, happy, and you know, uh, enjoy the new society, but we first have to erase and raise and kill a lot of stuff, including the banks, central banks, and all of the existing infrastructure. Okay? We have a different approach. We have a kind of evolutionary approach. Uh, so we redesign blockchain technology, DLT, distributed ledger technology, from ground up in order for it to retain the most important characteristics uh, like lack of third parties and, 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 and the built-in trust and the distributed nature of the technology. But we've married it to the minimal requirements that regulators in Europe impose. So we are able to essentially process national currencies, pounds, yes. euros, dollars, Polish lotto, and we are able to do them within the regulations. So you're not breaking any laws. You actually are compliant and we are being regulated. Okay. So, so this was a big, big challenge for us. Uh, took us a long time, over a year each jurisdiction, but we got our own uh, quasi-banking licenses, one in UK from FCA over two years ago. And uh, last year we got a license for continental Europe out of Poland, out of KNF. 
So this was a very long process because um, the company was started over six years ago. And this culminated in us being able to, to go to the market with a new product offering, new product proposition. Um, can you tell us about the RBI coin? Yes, this is uh, our biggest uh, biggest uh, project yet. Uh, it, it's a partnership we have with Raiffeisen Bank, which is a large network bank which services Central and Eastern Europe. They operate in, I believe, 18 or 20 countries. Uh, they, they serve a lot of uh, over 50 million customers. Um, and they have this problem that they are operating in multiple jurisdictions, multiple currencies. So not just the Euro Bank, but they are Balkan Bank, they are they are Russian Bank, they are Polish Bank, and so forth. And gluing these things together proved impossible for the traditional banking technologies. There is too many exceptions that the processing doesn't scale very well. They are disjoint. Uh, regulatory pressures from different countries. So they needed something uh, that kind of brings harmony to that old mess of old IT systems. And uh, we've just emerged last year from a very long and very successful pilot with Fidelity Information Services, FIS, uh, commonly known. It's one of the largest IT companies in the world which provides core banking systems. So, so all of your software that you know probably comes from one of the brands that FIS owns. The, the, in US, they have 60% market share and so forth. And they're also a small shareholder in our company. Um, so um, we run this project where we're able to use DLT, blockchain technology, as kind of a master ledger which allows you to join different core banking systems together. So uh, this is what is essentially being applied to uh, Raiffeisen. And RBI coin is about back office revolution. So about uh, moving to blockchain technology, but with Euro, moving to blockchain technology, blockchain technology with all your customers, with all of your businesses that you currently have. So this is what I've mentioned before. We don't expect our customers to destroy and burn everything. Uh, we can actually come to you and let you migrate to, to, to blockchain world uh, with a clear path of how it is happening and clear path of how you're going to continue your business in this new technology. Yep. What would you say the biggest obstacle to digitalize national currencies at this point is? I think they come from two quarters and the, 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 the obstacles are different. Uh, fear factor, I think it's number one. So a lot of banks and central banks essentially uh, are not, let's call it politely, uh, they are not uh, known for the lead innovator mentality. Uh, that, that that's one challenge, rightfully so. Okay, they are, they are the, the stewards of stability. Are supposed to be stewards of stability. Um, the other uh, problem comes from the uh, Bitcoin community, which insists on cryptocurrency as a mode of technological innovation. So, so when you look at uh, Bitcoin and many of its derivatives, they combine two functions into one. So they combine uh, security and verification on, of transactions together with a concept of mining a new coin, mining a new uh, 
uh, asset. Okay, and because they join these two processes together, that means that uh, there is a mathematical algorithm which controls how many assets are created. What is the liquidity in the system? For some people, it is a big uh, benefit because it means that no longer central bank, no longer politician controls inflation, controls how many coins, how many how much money is in the circulation. But the, on the other hand, it means that there is an algorithm which is fixed and cannot react to market conditions, cannot react to uh, economic cycles and so forth. So we, we decided to change this. In our system, the verification process is separate from what we call a minting process. Okay, yep. So they're not one and the same. When you create a new block, you do not create a new currency. Not, not, you do not create a new coin. Uh, and that process, minting process, is a very similar to a royal mint. Okay, yep. uh, A central bank tells the mint, please print new pounds and the central mint prints new pounds. So in our case, we give digital mint uh, for digital regulated cash. And uh, we give it to banks, we, we can give it to central banks. And once they operate the digital mint, they can create uh, digital euros, digital pounds. So RBI coin essentially is, as I've mentioned, integration of old IT technology on this new uh, ledger this, that, that comes from us. But also, we give them a mint. We give them ability to coin digital euros. And that package together, it's an RBI coin project. And Andy, um, six years into this, how are you seeing the customer and the market's appetite for your product? Well, I, I'm sure you are familiar with this huge hype that happened with ICO uh, and so forth. Uh, actually, uh, it was distracting distracting to us to many people so so the hype kind of normalized and i think now people uh, see the true value of what the system brings so so uh, the trust the elimination of of middlemen uh, massive reduction in exception processing because on our technology on, on, on distributed ledger technology, we embed business logic. So it's not just money flow, but all of your business procedures. They can be compliance procedures, anti-money laundering procedures. But whenever you pay on our system, everything is executed together. So it's not like you're sending money and then somebody else, usually a human, checks if the money can be sent, let's say, from UK to your biggest enemy now, Brussels, and uh, vice versa, okay? Uh, it's called compliance rules. All of these can be automated in our system. So whenever you make a transfer, if, it, if, it, if, you, if you are able to make the transfer, it means it's immediately settled, okay? Yeah. Yeah. It's a subtle thing for people to understand that when you pay, you don't really pay, you just promise that the payment will be deduced from your account at a certain later stage, okay? Yeah. Yeah. And that later stage is called settlement, clearing and settlement. In, in our system, it's immediate. The initiation of the payment, clearing and settlement happens in real time. And that means that there is safety and security and much lower operational costs. Do you see this as a market opportunity where um, you could have um, competitors 
uh, and that's just healthy for the ecosystem or do you see one company winning this space? We are seeing obviously a lot of competition, a lot of different great ideas. Uh, I'm hoping we are inspiring some people, some people inspire us uh, and I think that's a wonderful thing. Um, the biggest issue is, I think, not on the technology. People, engineers, uh, they are used to building up on, in, in a creative way on top of one another ideas. Okay, Engineers intuitively uh, kind of understand that it's a win-win game. It's not a zero-sum game. But a lot of bankers, a lot of uh, people that are maybe used to more traditional approach, they often perceive this game to be a zero-sum game. Okay, so who's gonna win? Who's gonna lose? If I'm not going winning, I'm definitely losing. This is perception of many many people in the system. This is part of the fear factor mentioned with the blockchain adoption. Okay, and unfortunately, they are right. Okay, if a concept uh, like the Chinese state coin wins, or rebranded Libra from Facebook wins. That essentially means that there will be one ring to rule them all, one yeah. powerful entity to rule everybody and all of the banks, all of the even central banks and, and commercial banks will be essentially obsolete. Okay. Yeah. Because there can be only one issuer, one system, and that's it. Okay. So it's a high stake game and, and you know, it's not just uh, Facebook, but JP Coin has its own approach. As I've mentioned, the Chinese are very advanced. But we have a different approach. We, we wanted to have interoperability. So we created a multi-issuer system, which is a very different approach to setting up blockchain in Bitcoin, a kind of uh, from the departure from a Bitcoin model. Okay. So on our system, you can have multiple banks operating multiple mints. So you can have on one system RBI coin coexisting with Barclays Bank coin, coexisting yeah. with uh, another bank's coin, okay? Yeah. Which is a very different vision for the future. It's not like, yeah. you know, one winner takes it all. In our system, you can coexist, you can transact, you can exchange information, you can pay. Uh, and, 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 and we truly think that we are providing win-win for everybody where two plus two is equal to at least five if not ten yes so i like that because for sure over the phase until there would be one coin which inevitably doesn't feel like it would be in the next several years this is incredibly useful because um if there's a jp morgan coin and then there's also a a, a barclays coin they could both be using your platform which makes more sense and um the question I have is <laughs> no problem. You've got you've got my endorsement. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. We actually a lone voice. We are one of the very very few people that actually have this value proposition for the market. Yeah, and if I if I were J.P. Morgan, would I be able to exchange with Barclays in that scenario? Can you exchange coins? If they will adopt and interconnect with our protocol layer so our ledger layer so 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 um maybe for for it's it's worth explaining right that 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 crypto and coins have uh, kind of a full technology stack okay so 
We are right now using Zoom, okay? But Zoom runs on top of something called TCP/IP, a, a protocol which exchange information over the layer. And anybody can use TCP/IP, okay? Not just Zoom, uh, Teams, uh, Hangouts, okay? So, so that, that's that's kind of description of 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 a tech, of a technology stack for for internet. In Bitcoin or distributed ledger, it's similar. If they use our protocol layer, you can run multiple coins, including their coin, and they can have all the benefits of interconnectability, of 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 uh, atomic transactions, atomic swaps, and so forth. Uh, Many people chose a different approach. They built kind of a derivative coins on top of other system, on top of usually Ethereum. Yes. All of the ICOs are built on top of Ethereum. Okay, so so they they are building derivative coins, um, and it's kind of a two layer up. Okay, so so with this approach, you lose some. You, you cannot have this full interoperability. There are additional costs. It's much slower. But yes, it can still be connected if you if you make an effort. Kind of going back into uh, an earlier phase of yours, you um, studied uh, computer science um, in academia. Did you always plan to pursue technology within a financial environment? You know, life is full of choices and uh, you realize why you make certain decisions usually afterwards and you make a backstory to, to explain. <laughs> so now I can give you a very good explanation why I made all these choices. Please. In, a, in, 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 in hindsight, I did a minor in cryptology and that minor in cryptology was a dead kind of knowledge for me for like 10 years or 15 years, okay? And now it comes very, very handy. So I can tell you I had this <laughs> foresight, you know, I had this genius foresight <laughs> when I was in undergrad and I, and I did that. But, but the reality is I grew up under communism, okay? I, I seen firsthand what it means uh, where there is a detachment of uh, societal narrative. So what people are openly saying versus what is the real economical activity in what actually people are doing. Okay, so, so, so I observe the kind of, a, as a young boy, uh, the end stages of a delusional socialism, okay, how it ends. And it was not a pretty picture, okay? I was one of many, many millions of people that, that was desperate to, to escape and, and, and to go to a promised land of a, of a dangerous capitalist nation called United States. <laughs> so I landed them 17 years old and I went to college and uh, my English was even worse than it is today. Uh, so when they graded at me, they said, you know, your math is, is good, you know, uh, so maybe you go in uh, engineering. So I did computer science based on that, that, that my English wasn't good enough. Uh, so that's the real story of, of, of that first uh, uh, degree. But I was fascinated what makes America uh, work, why capitalism seems to be so much more efficient than socialism. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, when you're young, you don't see all of the problems, but you, you see the problems that you, you grew up with. So I saw the problems of socialism. I didn't see the problems of capitalism, but I wanted to understand how it works. Okay. So I decided to do MBA in finance to understand what is this thing about money that, that makes everybody 
you know, so crazy and, and why it makes uh, economy work so much better when there's a real economy, real banks. And I did MBA in finance and I worked for 10 years in, in, as in, in the banking industry. So I knew it really well as a banker. Um, then I, I read, I, actually a friend of mine, um, you know, gave me a, a pre-release, pre early version of a Bitcoin paper before it was even live. And when I read it, I understood that this solves the major, major issue that banks were unable to solve ever. Okay, this is the truly technologically big breakthrough in order for technology to emulate, eliminate trusted third party because banks essentially are trusted third parties. Okay, so when I read this, uh, I, I kind of decided to, you know, uh, put everything on this one card. I sold another business. I, I invested uh, in Bilon. I brought initial team of people. And that's how it started. You know, then I've convinced a lot of other people to join. But the, the initial idea was that I was absolutely coming to kind of a realization that my engineering career and my financial career can fi finally come and be one. And with the um, company, so you uh, um, six years um, from founding, you have around 100 people plus on the mission bought into the mission. What are some of the things you could tell um, the audience uh, about how that journey has been and how you've got to this point where I think it's fair to say you've, you've had great success? Uh, success is always great from hindsight, okay? Uh, day to day, you see a lot of sweat, a lot of blood, a lot of you know cursing, a lot of uh, bugs that needs to be fixed. Uh, because actually, initially, we did not do any commercial activities. So even before the company was formed as a commercial entity, which was selling stuff, there was an R&D operation with, with essentially cryptologists, mathematicians, some computer science guys that were trying to redesign blockchain protocol from, from scratch. Okay, so, so I really wanted to find that third way. And when I analyze what they've done, I said, no, 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 you have to actually re take a step back. You have to put on engineering hat and you have to attract very talented, very smart people. Okay. Happened so, uh, I didn't realize this, but, but Warsaw, uh, under Warsaw Pact was responsible for a lot of Cold War code cracking. So the cryptologists, uh, for instance, you know, there's a famous school of cryptology in Poland uh, that we believe cracked Enigma uh, in the Second World War. So there is actually a school which, which uh, uh, you know, teaches uh, cryptology and a lot of very talented people, available engineers in, in Poland, which I didn't realize before, but when I needed them, I found them and it was a very wonderful journey. So once you create a core team of, of very intelligent, very brave people that are kind of honest enough to understand their own limitations and 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 to tell you you know you need to bring additional talent uh, in order to, to 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 get to where we need to go okay that's when i realized i had to found a company and i had to bring in the people with business experience people with uh, other areas of expertise that we didn't have initially so i spend um some time in Warsaw um, because the core business um, that I run, Mana Search, is a technology and financial services search business. 
And so we're always trying to work out um, where are the hubs around everywhere, but in Europe in this instance. And if you look at functional programming, um, you know, have London as the largest, and then you go to Germany, Berlin, Frankfurt. But then actually after that, um, Poland's a fantastic place. Uh, and I think it might be something to do with um, the education's very strong with maths and sciences. Just this, this seems to be the culture in um, Poland. And you have uh, Krakow, Poznań, Warsaw, where functional programming in things like Haskell and Scala are uh, some of the hottest places in Europe to go to. So we do some business in, in Warsaw. And what um, is apparent to me whenever I'm there is it's, it's kind of got the feel of Berlin, Berlin 10 years ago. It's got a really cool vibe to it. I, I love going there um, for many reasons, but, um, but also the startups have just uh, kind of got this really fantastic uh, atmosphere about them. So um, you're, in a, you're in a really great place, like you say, to have attracted bright talent that was fit for purpose for the business, uh, but you've also got an appealing location. What do you plan to do with that? Are you going to expand out territories or will you keep the home in Warsaw? Well, I think it's, it's a good point you've made that, you know, Poland has a very good engineering base. Uh, a lot of, you know, big brands, uh, big startups have actually engineering offices in uh, Krakow, for instance, right? Like Revolut. Revolut has a lot of engineers, a lot of people in, in Warsaw, essentially most of the is there so so there is a definitely this vibe of of, of a startup community uh, and i also love it uh, it's obviously not as advanced because access to capital is way restricted okay yes, uh, yes. but uh, and it's a relatively uh, small market okay so yeah definitely looking to grow uh, we chose mainly german speaking areas as our kind of natural expansion that's raiffeisen bank but our shareholder is an american you know multinational conglomerate so we we often fly to india we have a joint project with them in bangalore um so um I'm not exactly sure where our next big project will pop up because it really depends on those strategic relationships we are we are building. But definitely, um, we have an interesting uh, situation right now that a lot of central banks, a lot of bankers in general, are kind of accepting the ideas, resolving almost to the inevitability of a distributed ledger coming in, and we are pitching. Uh, regulated digital cash. So, so, so this new invention, we think a best marriage of what Bitcoin, uh, you know, proved is possible, and what the central banks want to continue to control, which is the money supply and and the, and the monetary policy. Okay, so this is our proposition. Uh, we hope that we will be active in, in, in Europe and we are hoping that together with Raiffeisen Bank, maybe with some other major banks, we will convince uh, next year uh, for some other central banks to do a major, major pilot. And are you, are you at the position as a company where you can grow organically from these partnerships and the revenues and so on? Or will you be looking to, to raise to accelerate into the opportunity? Yes, I mean, we've just closed the founding round this year in a COVID times, difficult round, but uh, 
the Future Fund in UK has helped us. So, so they, they were part investors and, and we managed to, to raise capital that, that is sufficient for now. But, you know, a company like us needs to grow. That means that we always have fundraising in mind. Uh, maybe it's, you know, 12 months or maybe it's 24 months ahead, but, but it's always on, on our minds. A lot depends um, how uh, quickly we'll get uh, to kind of mass rollout situation, okay? Because we finished all the pilots, they're all successful, we've learned a lot, we improved. Now uh, the system is in essentially trials and, and, and with real people, with, with people uh, testing it. But now you need to build a, a rollout strategy, so marketing behind it and so forth. Uh, we only sell to enterprises, so that means that we rely on the speed that, that our partners are going with the product. Um, and we obviously try to push them, encourage them to go as fast as they can. Uh, but once I think they roll out, they're going to be quite large. You know, we, we think that blockchain technology is good not just for the money, but for securing your data in general. So we have a big partnership with BIK, with Credit Bureau, and that allows you to save documents, uh, data, let's say certificates uh, uh, that are, need to be immutable. For instance, uh, back to work certificates in UK, you don't want them to be forged. You want, you want uh, you know, your COVID vaccinations and your COVID uh, stuff to be readily exchangeable so you can start traveling but it has to be forge proof because that's always a, a risk with this kind of certifications so that system that allows to immutably store documents data is something which is being rolled out as we speak as well um, and they kind of are very important to us whilst you're doing all of this and i know it's uh so all-consuming, and it, I'm sure, doesn't feel like uh, hard work. It's a pleasure, right? You're enjoying what you're doing. What are you doing outside of this? Is there any um, activities you do to switch off, or uh, is there any kind of productivity hacks that you could talk to the audience about? Productivity. I mean, lots of people talk about productivity hacks, okay? And I think I am um, not the guru uh, in this area. I'm actually seeking productivity hacks. I have to do a lot of multitasking uh, because I am involved both in product and in, in obviously the, the selling activities and in technology. So uh, I do find it very useful to tune out sometimes. So, yeah. so kind yeah. of um, uh, shut every kind of little context switching activity and really focus on something. So, so some of the things which I find very useful for me personally is to once a week or you know a couple times a month really switch my my sleeping schedule, uh, which is uh, I, I guess not unusual people think what people do. So, so sometimes I would wake up at four a.m. or sometimes I would go to bed at four a.m. Wow. Okay. So that's something which allows me to steal the time I need from my dog, from my family, from my hand, from my you know company, uh, and and essentially go into my own head, and 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 spend there enough time uh, not to be kind of blindsided by day to day. 
Yes, you don't want to fill, uh, which you can in a in a high growth business, um, like you're reacting. You want to sometimes have a clear headspace so that you can, you know, take a take a bird's eye view of something. And do you? Um, I can see books in the background there. Do you do you seek um, <laughs> do you seek kind of uh, knowledge from certain types of books as well? Um, yeah, I do. I do. I actually. Um... Uh, I highly recommend reading to everybody. It's the fastest way of, of uh, you know, kind of in, uh, ingesting information. Podcasts are great forum. I like them. I listen to them. And I think they are way, you know, of the future. But when you look at, you know, simple thing, you know, when you, when you do a transcript of a conversation, I can read that transcript in maybe 10 minutes, not in half an hour. Okay. Yes. So they're just yes. way faster, way efficient more efficient way. And usually when people write, they try to be more concise, more logical in their argument. So it's easier to follow what, what they say. Um, you know, I do uh, enjoy reading about history. I actually uh, am a history buff. Uh, and I think that there is a lot of interesting kind of patterns of development, both of companies, of countries, of cultures, uh, which uh, maybe they don't repeat exactly, but they, def they definitely rhyme. Uh, and, and when you understand this, when you look at failures of, of great people uh, and how they learn from this, uh, you kind of find inspiring lessons for, for myself. You know, we fail all the time. Some of the failures are benign. Some of the failures hurt as hell. Okay, so knowing that other people came through it and, and how they managed to, you know, persevere is, is, is that mana that, that keeps me going. Well, thanks for using uh, the, the word mana, Andy. And, uh, I was going to ask you, as you're on the Searching for Mana show, what would you say uh, your mana, your magic has been in your career that's allowed you to be so successful? I think that there are two things. So uh, I think perseverance is, is a word which is not often used. And I think it, it, is, an, it, is, it, is, a, it is a nice term to describe what it means, okay? Because it doesn't mean you're stubbornly stuck on something, but, 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 but you kind of grind through the difficulties, you, you learn from them, you, you build yourself from them, okay? And, 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 and you, you strive for the goal, okay? And um, uh, so, so ability to, to pivot, but not to lose the sight of where you want to go, it's, I think, something which I personally put a lot of uh, uh, emphasis on. One thing which me, to me personally, is a very big help is that I have this background both in finance, in banking, in business, and in hard technology. So I can find the dialogue and language with engineers, with cryptologists, and I can translate this. I can, uh, you know, communicate with people that need to understand the outcome, not necessarily how the algorithm works itself. So this was very helpful in convincing the stakeholders, in convincing the enterprises that, you know, we are not, uh, that, that we are worth listening to, that, that we actually have a distinctive voice, a distinctive proposition, and the one which can transform your business. Uh, a lot of people either are very, cavalier about transformation 
or they are very dismissive of, of transformation. Okay, and, and this is something where I think ability to translate, ability to uh, see different viewpoints uh, helped us a lot. Where do you hope um, to see your company and the landscape uh, in the next several years? How, how, how do you predict uh, it's going to impact all of our lives potentially? Well, I mean, there is a lot of uh, uncertainty in the world, okay? Uh, from elections in the States, which, are, which is just crazy, to, to yeah. you know, a pandemic situation, which is once in a hundred years, to, you know, Bitcoin revolution, to social revolution, which is going on. So, so definitely, I think we are... I think already in a new era, um, you know, maybe 20, 30 years from now, people will say, oh, this was the beginning of a new era. We just don't see it yet because we are, we are in, the mid, in the middle of it. But in our technological area, I think that uh, Bitcoin will be just fine. Okay? It serves a very important kind of inspirational purpose to a lot of people. People have a right to uh, try to organize their financial affairs in different ways. Uh, okay, so I think that that is an attraction to many people. But you will see a boom of non-Bitcoin uh, DLT systems. Okay, I'm hopeful that our company will prevail, that we actually will become de facto standard for enterprise blockchains. But there's a lot of interesting initiatives. Okay. Yeah. And um, once uh, these initiatives will grow to the point where it can be translated into a useful experience for, for end customers, it will become less sexy, but way more useful. Yeah, I, I, I agree, and I hope so. Um, I actually just have to ask you if, um, if you have a suspicion who Satoshi is. Lots of people have lots of um, suspicions. You sound like a good candidate. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, uh, it, <laughs> definitely uh, people that are most vocal and in claiming that they are, they are not. Okay. Um, Andy, thanks so much. Um, really insightful. Um, congratulations on the, the success to date of the company. And uh, I look forward to watching continued success as well. Thanks for coming My on the pleasure. show. And uh, let's meet up in Warsaw next time you're here or when the COVID restrictions are lifted in yeah. London.